You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Meadowbrook Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. If you have a Bible, go ahead and get that ready. Like we said, Jeremiah chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles available in front of you, and the passage can be found on page 645. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Go ahead and have a seat, guys. Amen. It's a good day. Beautiful day outside. Enjoy it because it might snow tomorrow. (laughs) Amen. Are there any uh, other contractors in the house? Stand up. Nobody. Well, uh, you know, I wanted to let them know that uh, I'm a contractor and uh, wanted to let them know, even if you're a a supervisor or a leader in your group at your job, talk to your people about Jesus. Don't be ashamed to spread the word because those are souls, too, that need to know who Jesus is. If we don't tell them, who will? Amen. So we need to be fully aware of what God can do when we spread the word. I, when I go out to work every day, I talk to my guys about Jesus. I even pray with them. And sometimes while we're working, they'll come up to me, they'll stop working, they'll say, hey, JB, can we pray? And I'll say, sure. And they'll come up and I've had them kneel, and I get down with them right there. And we share the word of God and his love and his kindness and his goodness, and uh, it's a good thing. Uh, Everybody needs to know who God is because we only have a short time, and that short time will be gone real quick. And, you know, you never know when someone's going to pass away. I was working for a customer he does a lot of work for the Frontier Days. And him and his wife just enjoyed seeing me coming every day, working uh, at their house to do a concrete wall and some in a driveway. And I just enjoyed them. And I went home uh, on uh, uh, July 4th, and I told my parents how, you know, when I did my revival there, and I just told them how nice these people were. And I came back and working there that, that following day, and the wife just died. She just passed away. And you just never know. You never know. So always share the love of Jesus and his kindness because you, you don't know how much time you have in this world to share the gospel, the gospel of repentance. Today I want to talk about, my title is The Perfect cure. 
the perfect cure. The perfect cure concerns how we look at ourselves and how we look at God. We look at ourselves sometimes. Uh, some people just have this, this thing about them where they just think they're perfect. You know, I got it going on. You know, I, I come from a long line of people who uh, were college, uh, you know, oriented, uh, you know, they had the best jobs, uh, they seem to be the best dressed, you know, which there's nothing wrong with none of that. But Jesus is the perfect one. He is the one that we need to look at, not ourselves. We need to get out of ourselves. We need to come out of ourselves because only Jesus can make us perfect. Other than him, uh, we, we, can't, we can't be perfect. We can't live a life that is perfect unless we look to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are actually perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The wisdom of the wise is a negative problem that lies in each one of us. Sometimes we think we, we have everything that we need in this world to have everything that we'll ever need. But that's not how God looks at it. If there is anyone here that you know of who thinks that they are perfect, then the mirror that they are peering into is completely distorted because they think that they have everything going on. But you know what? We don't. We need Jesus more than we think. We need to talk to Jesus more than we, ought, more than we have. We need to repent to Jesus more than we have. We need to constantly change our lives to follow him. We need to get out of ourselves. Inside of ourselves is a dead person. And that's going to show one day. One day we're all going to pass away. Because Jesus made us for his glory. We have to come out of ourselves and invite him in to be somebody that he wants us to be. You see, when we look into the heavens and we see the perfect distance between the moon, the earth's axis, how it's a certain degree away from the sun, if it was a little bit closer, we'd burn up. If a little bit further away, we'd freeze to death. So it's perfect, right where it's at, unless you live in Cheyenne. Amen. And the sun, everything is absolutely perfect in its settings. Impossible, it, this is impossible by accident, giving us the knowledge that there is a God and he is absolutely perfect in all his ways. So if he's so perfect, what happened to us? Why aren't we perfect? It's because we fail in the book of Genesis. Mankind fell from grace. And we have gone away from God 
more and more as you see time pass. So God has developed a way to bring us close back to him. And that way is through Jesus Christ. And when we invite him into our lives, we're still not perfect right away, but the perfection process has started. It has just started. You see, we are not really perfect even in Christ until we have died and passed on. Like the brother's mother, amen, who just died this morning. That's when we become totally perfect. But we have to start that process. We have to start it today. You, you, we can't say that we don't need God. We don't need Jesus. We can't see him. You know, we, we, we're not going to uh, follow someone we can't see. Amen. His word is proof positive that something else greater than us exists. He is perfect. We're all created by the same God, and we can never reach our true potential if we try to live our lives in our own way. Once I was on this cruise ship, it's me and my wife, we like to take cruises. I don't like it too much anymore, but she lo we love to take cruises. And we were standing on the deck, and we were just looking out over the ocean, and it was so beautiful, the little sailboats out there. And then all of a sudden, this stupid captain blared the horn. It's his job, so I don't mean to call him stupid. But it just made me shake like this. It rattled my bones. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't say anything. And my wife sat there and looked at me, and she, she was laughing hard, just the way I looked. And I was shaking so bad that I couldn't say anything. All I could do was just look out there and stare into the open ocean. And my bones began to rattle. I couldn't move. And then when the blaring stopped, which he allowed it to go for a long time, I actually got mad at the captain, but, you know, what, who am I? So I didn't say anything. But I was stunned beyond my wits. The voice of Christ, the voice of Christ that woke my spirit up from the dead was greater than the blaring horn of a battleship. God was ready to do battle against my enemies, the enemy of my soul. But the waking up of the dead, of God, the, the voice of God that woke up my dead spirit was greater than that of a blaring horn of a battleship. Amen? And I began to wake up from all of the things that I was doing wrong. God had to wake me up and show me, you're on the wrong path. You're on a sure path to a second death. It's time for you to wake up. And the voice of God shook me. And as it shook me, it shattered every chain that held me back from where I used to live and how I used to live. He woke me up from dead works to living for the king and to get ready for the second birth. It was my second birth. But God had to wake me up out of that dead state. Amen of where I was doing stuff wrong. God said, get out of that lifestyle. 
Get out of that mode of thinking. Get out of that way of talking. All that bad language you're using. Get out of that. I don't like it. It's time for you to wake up. And that horn, amen, that, that voice that sounded like the horn of many waters just began to break me apart. God, you don't like this? You don't like that? God says, no, I'm ready to make you perfect. I'm ready to start perfection in you. But you got to wake up. You can't live that dead life anymore. It's not easy to wake up out of a dead life like that. It's going to take God. We have to get out of ourselves. God is waking some of us up today. That horn of a battleship is jarring us. It's waking us up. It's time to change. It's time to get out of that old way of thinking. It's time to get out of those old bad habits. Amen. Beautiful tree. God has made beautiful tree, trees out of us by changing us. This is what the Lord says on Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 10. Cursed is the one. Cursed is the one that trusts in man. Cursed. Does anybody know what cursed means? That means you have no life in you. That means you are considered as someone who is dead already. You're nothing. You're looking in yourselves too much. You're looking in a mirror at yourself and you're saying, I got it, I got it going on. I got this and I got that. I got all the money I need. I got all the friends that I want. I have this and I have that going for me. You're cursed. You're living in a cursed state of mind. It says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws his strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. You're cursed. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. A bush is not like a tree. The wind in Cheyenne blows bushes all the time, and you see them rolling over. I like to drive over them because I like to hear them crackle and go into the next field because there's no, nothing green in them. It's just a dry, dead bush. And God is trying to turn us into beautiful trees. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Salt land. Salt draws moisture. And it takes away the water. And this is what God says we are when we're not sold out to him. We're like salt. We draw everything that God gives us in this world and make it useless. And we become parched and dry. And the next entrance the next door you're going to go into is called the second death. You're going to die again. Verse 7, but blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose total confidence is in him. Things may go wrong. Things may go sideways. 
but you have that confidence in him because you're learning to trust him. He has placed something magical inside of you and you can feel it. You know it. And God is working something different in you. No, you're not perfect yet, but it's, it's, the process has started. And God is going to carry you a lot further than what you can imagine or think because why? Because he's awesome. He's a lot more awesome than us. Said so they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things. Your own heart will fool you into thinking that you got it made. I don't need God. I can live without Jesus. I can do all things because my uncle has a lot of money. It's deceitful and, above and beyond cure. Then it, the last verse, it says, and who can understand it? We don't even understand why we think like that. But I can tell you why. It's because we are imperfect. We don't have it going on like we think we do. Anybody in this house can fail the grace of God if they don't stay rooted and planted in him. Jesus has the cure for our problems. But it takes us to dig in and to keep our feet firmly planted in his word and in his will. For the Second uh, Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is always looking for people that want to trust in him. And he'll back you up. And he'll hold you. There was a time when I did not understand that. The eyes of the Lord will, are looking for people. Amen. Who's, who's, who puts their, their heart and their confidence in him. God does things in a mysterious way. I don't understand it myself. Sometimes it's like I call it the invisible hand of God because you don't know. You, you say, I'm going to keep trusting God. I'm just going to keep doing what he says. You have to have that type of mentality. I, I believe God started something in me, and I, I'm going to stick with it. And somehow God does that, but you don't see it coming. You say, wow, I didn't know that God was going to do this today. Oh, I, I never saw his hand coming through the iron curtain and doing things for me to keep my faith in him because I just never saw it coming because God works many times almost undercover where we just don't see it coming. But God has said, stay with me, stay with me, stick with this. I'm going to set you up on a pedestal that you never thought existed. 
Don't give up the hope in Christ. Why do we have our hope in Christ? Because like Romans 7, 18 says, just coming from the mouth of an apostle, for I know that it is from within that evil thoughts come. This is talking about the general population of mankind. We want to do what's right, but we have evil thoughts. They just pop up. Someone says, that doesn't happen to me. What if someone passes you up and cuts you off while you're driving? And then they go even further than that and give you a middle finger. Don't you want to get a rock and throw it at them? Because we're not generally good in our heart. Only God can change that. Only God can fix that. It says, the apostle says further, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, verse 22, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, and slander. You ever been talked about behind your back? You ever talked about other people behind their back? Yeah, King Solomon says, don't even ask somebody what they said about you because you know you talk about people too. We're not perfect. That's why God is going to, he wants to take us in and he has to change us from the inside. Then it goes on to say arrogance and folly or foolishness, foolish actions. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. That means he's saying that all mankind is defiled. Me, you, your uncles, your grandma, your, co your cousins, your uncle. Maybe that dog isn't defiled. He wags his tail no matter what you do. But us, the Bible says you're defiled. You are defiled. Unless Jesus, unless you keep trusting Jesus to keep making that change inside of you. You got to keep repenting. The gospel is the gospel of repentance. That means you got to keep giving your life over to him every day. God said, I'm fixing you. I'm making you. I'm making something better out of you. I'm making you perfect. But it doesn't happen right. You know, you're not going to be perfect right now, but I've started the process. The process has been started. So good itself does not naturally dwell in our mortal bodies. That is, in my natural sinful nature. Even Romans 7, 18 says, like I said, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I can't seem to carry it out. That's what Paul said. I want to do what's right. I keep wanting to do what's right. I keep wanting to treat people right. I keep wanting to do this correct, but somehow or another, I just can't do it. Not all the time. Maybe I can do it once or twice, but I can't do it all the time because there's something wrong with me. You want to treat people right. You want to be honest and give the, 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 the grocery uh, retail person that dollar that they overpaid you. You don't know that'll buy my child uh, her ice cream cone. 
you know, we, we just can't do what's right all the time. We want to, but the Bible says you'll never be like that. Never. Unless Christ gets a hold of you and changes you from the inside and you keep running to him every single day. You keep running back to him every day and you repent. And you realize that you don't have this going on. Only Jesus can change you. We need to stop looking at ourselves. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we have to fix our eyes upon Jesus because he is, he is the author and finisher of our faith, not us. Does everyone here understand that we can't change ourselves? You know, there's a lot of people think that they can. They think, oh, you know, so-and-so said, I, I drink too much, but I, I don't drink. I, I, I can get off of it easy. I had a guy tell me that, and he worked for me for years. And he, oh, I, I can get off of it, JB. I, I don't have, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to, you know. People, they say this about me all the time, but, you know, I said, okay. And it eventually killed him. He drank way too much. He started drinking more and more. You can't stop it. Only Jesus can stop you from doing what's wrong. Only he can. You can't stop yourself. We think we're powerful. We think, oh, we, I, got a, I got an education, you know, a double master's degree. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I've run, you know, big organizations. You know, I've done this and I've done that. And I, oh, well. It's like, oh. You're not as good as you think you are. You got to keep running to Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith, not us. We are so fallible that there's times when we get so bad we stink. And it's, it's going to take God to fix that. And you know what? The good thing about it is that he can fix it. And you know another good thing about it is that he left heaven attended by myriads of angels to come down here and help us get it together and save us from ourselves. He didn't need to come here. There's myriads of angels praising him, worshiping him. And he said, no, I'm not going to leave them there. I'm coming down, and I'm going to get them out of that. But you got to listen to them. you got to listen to Jesus. You can't look at yourself. There are some prime examples in the Bible that God is not trying to hold things against us. He's trying to get us out of the pit. Looking within ourselves for perfection is a futile task that will eventually take a toll on your self-esteem. It's not possible to live a perfect life. The more you think you're perfect, the more crazy you get. The more people don't want to be around you because you think you got it going on. And they're like, I don't want to be around him or her. I know somebody that was over a big uh, business. And they, 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 they were in the military. They, they graduated with honors, and they, they were at the top of their, 
their stack or whatever, and 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 they go to and they, they got hired to be a uh, top uh, leader at that at that place. And even to this day, people can't stand him. Please, because he thinks he's perfect. He thinks he's got it going on. And nobody likes him. Nobody. They all tell people that I know, I can't stand that person. I said, well, pray for him. That's the only way to get out of it. Or to help them get out of it. They got to turn to Jesus. We just stink on our own. We stink. It's not possible to live a perfect life. The only perfect one is God. Only having Jesus on the inside of us will perfection take its rightful place. Jesus working on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit and regeneration and being obedient to his perfect word. The word of God. The word of God is perfect. It'll get you out of your hole. It will get you out of your hole. If you pay attention to it and you understand it and you read it, if you don't understand it, help get some help. Even then, we will always need the perfect Jesus as our, as our advocate. Even with Jesus on the inside, we still need him as an advocate because guess what? We're still going to make a lot of mistakes. But Jesus said, I'll be your advocate to the Father. I'll tell the Father, no, he's mine. I'm still working on him. Don't judge him. I'm working on him. Isn't God good? Isn't Jesus good? He's just, he's just so good. He came down here to work with us like this. Christ will plead our case to the Father, as confirmed by 1 John 2, 1 through 6. As the word of God will later prove, we cannot help but go the wrong direction when doing things our own way. All of our righteousness is like filthy rags. Filthy, rotten, stinking rags. <laughs> and I know there's times when I've been trying to, I tried to do the right thing, but God said it's like filthy, rotten, stinking rags. Every time I twist it, dirt comes out. You're not going to be perfect outside of Jesus, ever. Even if you are raised in a great neighborhood, hanging out with good friends, sin is ever present. It's always in us. Sometimes I hate to even talk like this, but it's true. We have nothing outside of Jesus. The only thing you have is a future death and then a second death waiting for you. That's all you have. The Bible is full of stories of imperfect people. Look at the men and women of faith listed in the Bible. First you have the father of all the faithful who was seen in heaven with Lazarus. Abraham, the father of the faithful. He failed God by deliberately lying and deceiving a king King Abimelech, about who his wife really was. That's not my wife. That's not my woman. That's my sister. Okay, well, I'm going to marry her. God gave that king a dream. He said, don't you touch her. 
don't you touch her. I'll kill everybody in that kingdom behind that because I got something going on with this. That king listened. He backed off. Abraham, what are you doing lying to me? Why, what did you lie to me for? Here, give them some gifts and get them out of here. But he was seen in heaven. Abraham, the father of the faithful, seen in heaven with Lazarus. Why? Because even though he made mistakes, like we're going to do, he trusted in Jesus. He trusted in God, that is. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. i got to run back to him. i got to ask him for forgiveness, and i got to straighten this thing out, and then i got to walk right. I'm just going to keep following after. I'm just going to keep on, keep on following him. Keep on. I'm going to stay on the road. I'm going to keep on. And he ended up in heaven. And then you have his, grand, his grandbaby, Jacob, his grandson, failed miserably in the arena of perfection by lying to his own daddy. He said, yeah, I'm Esau. But you don't feel like him because his dad was blind. You don't feel like him. He said, no, I'm Esau. And his mom was right there pushing him to do it, get his, all of his blessing, get all because she chose him as her favorite son. He lied to his own, his own dad. But in the end, he wrestled with that angel. Come on, somebody. He wrestled with that angel. The angel said, who are you? What's your name? I like that. You're working this thing out, getting it worked out. And that's what God is telling us. Don't stay in your sin. Get up. Get out. Wrestle with the word. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm going to stick with this thing. And where did Jacob go? He went to heaven. God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's in heaven too. Samson, who fell into a horse lifestyle, eventually he lost both of his eyes and then his life trusting in his own way instead of God, who knows all things. God, I believe, took him. Peter, who denied, who was an apostle, denied, well, he, before he was an apostle, he was being trained by Jesus, denied the very uh, Christ who had come to this very world to save his soul and ours, and went to Calvary to die for us. Jesus had to come back while Peter was fishing and just said, I'm done with being a Christian. I'm done. And Jesus had to say, hey, Peter, I got some breakfast for you. Let's talk. Peter jumped out of the boat, looked at Jesus. You're back for me? She said, yeah. Do you love me? Uh, well, yeah, kind of, sort of. No, no, no. Do you love me? Well, I, you know, I believe. And that last one reeled him back in. He said, do you love me? He said, you know all things. That's when he was being honest. That's when Jesus said, I can use you. Let's go feed my sheep. Let's do this thing. And he became an apostle of Christ. Saul, who used to kill people in church, God had to pull him out of the mud pit. 
change his life. And from that point, he started trusting in God. He just didn't know who Christ was. That's why God came here, to wake us up, get us out of that mode of being self-conceited, and get with the program with God. The one he started straight out of heaven. God is always seeking those who are willing to trade their own life leadership, trusting in their own blindness to begin trusting in him who is always faithful and truly perfect. But to enter this realm of Christ, you must really, really, truly die to yourself. You got to die to yourself. Perfection for the blessed of the Lord. Perfection comes after death and resurrection. But before that, you carry yourself like Mary, Martha's sister, the one whose brother Lazarus was raised from the dead. She came inside the room where it sounded like there was apostles or there were, there were disciples of Christ all up in the room. And they were all looking at her like, you're dirty, you're nasty. Look at you. They all had that look in their eyes looking at her. And she ignored them. And she walked past them. And it, doesn't he know who she is? She's a prostitute. She's this, she's that. She had seven devils come out of, come out of her. And he walked, she walked past them all. And she ignored them. She just ignored them. I'm not going to listen to you. All of your accusations. I'm going to close you off. And she came to Jesus. She started crying. Jesus looked at her. And as they were talking about, him, about her, Jesus had to tell them, be quiet. Leave her alone. She's coming to me with all her heart. Leave her alone. Me and her have a meeting. We're going to talk. And I'm going to fix this thing right now. She got on her knees. And as she was crying, she wiped his feet. She didn't say a word. She just wiped his feet. And she cried. Jesus forgave her right there. And he basically told everybody to leave her alone. This is what I came here for. To change people. To give them hope. To give them everlasting life. And she came to me with all of her heart. And that's what God is looking for right now. He wants you and me to come to him with all of his heart every single day. Every single day. With that same mentality. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to trust him and not me. I know now that I'm imperfect. I can't do this. I can't do this. People say Christians are the biggest hypocrites you'll ever find. No. A true Christian, amen, might do some things that are outside the will of God, but they're not deliberately trying to do it. But then they come to Christ and they repent every single day like this young lady did. That's what Jesus is looking for, that real heart of repentance. Someone he can work with. Someone he can change. 
Get that, per, get that perfection mentality out of your heads because we were all born in sin. And now the second birth releases all of that. And now he can work with us. Sometimes we need to get quiet about it. Sometimes we need to say, you know what? I may not say too much, but I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to bow before him every day, and I'm going to repent. That's what the gospel is all about, repentance. Getting it right while the doors are open. How many know that these are the end days? These are the end times. It's not going to last forever. Amen. Let's get up and pray. Father, we thank you for all the hard work you have done for us to set us free and to pay off our balance of our sin and selfishness. To break off, Lord, that old habit of doing things outside of your will. Thank you for the blessings of repentance and renewal and the washing of our souls starting from the inside out. You are so good that it's impossible to say how good you are. It's that deep. Thank you for your love and your mercy. And may your words go deep down into the ears of all those that hear your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Meadowbrook Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit meadowbrook.org.